Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode number 72. What's up, my friend? It's still winter. It's still cold. It is. We are in the doldrums of winter, and... uh, um, It's a good reason to go to the movies, right? Get out of the weather. Yes, it is. And, you know... um, I have something on my mind I need to get I need to get off my mind before we go any further in this podcast. Uh-oh. It just came to me that there are probably millions of people listening to this podcast. Millions. Millions. That really Dozens. don't that really <laughs> As we learned in our movie tonight, sit your bar high, my friend. <laughs> dozens and dozens. <laughs> As I said before, millions <clears throat> that probably don't know what the film coterie is. So Adam, explain to them. Our millions of fans, what is the Film Coterie Podcast? I think the movie we saw it and I got you a little too hyped. We're a film <laughs> podcast. We're a general <laughs> film podcast. We see movies. We talk about them. And we go to festivals. We love movies that much that we are willing to travel, attend festivals, geek out for days on end, then pass out, sleep, and then talk about the movies. We're it's- not... During a festival, our coverage is a little bit light. We're usually on social media saying, this movie's great, this movie's awesome. Let me pass out now, and I'll talk about everything later. Yep. But that's us. We're the film coterie. Absolutely. We we are. We love movies, and we're just a couple normal guys that just love to go to the to the big screen, and uh, we see literally everything, don't we? We don't. We're not a genre specific, even though we have favorites. But we don't. We see literally everything. We try to. Yep. Absolutely. And I've had a great week, my friend. I'm telling you. Um, I was forced to have to go uh, drop my kids off. The weather was really nasty, and so they had an event in Columbus on Wednesday night and had to drop them off. And so I had to kill a couple hours, so I found a local movie theater, popped in and saw a film that we'll talk about later called The Upside, and that was a pleasant surprise. And then tonight, my friend, Friday night, we went to the theater and um, got to see a pretty cool movie. Here's the funny thing about this movie. Uh, Fighting with My Family is the movie we'll talk about first. Roger has gone trailer-free for 2019. Yes. So we were talking about movies tonight, and I said, how about Fighting with My Family? It's gotten some good buzz. Roger looks at me and goes, what's that? You had no idea about this movie. I literally had no clue. So, And this is, I think, the first time since I've taken this trailer hiatus that I'm glad I went in completely cold, right? Because, now, I, I you know... Let me share my let's share a wrestling history. This is a movie about a um a a former wrestler and his family making a living performing at small venues around the country and how, how do you pronounce it? England up in North they they kept pronouncing it incorrectly. <laughs> I think us Yanks were calling it Northwich or Norwich. Norwich and it was like Norwich or something to them. Anyway, yeah. it, a British family that's totally into wrestling and uh I kind of think it takes place, what do you think, mid-90s in the storyline? Early 2000s, I think. Early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. And they're a huge um, wrestling family, and one of the the girl gets picked to go try out to be in the WWE. Who we will learn is Paige. Yeah, absolutely. If the name is familiar to you, it's because she did rise to stardom. And in seeing this movie, it's made by WWE Films. We'll get more into it in the review. Roger and I were talking about our own histories with wrestling. Um, having grown up in the 80s and 90s, I was never really a fan, but I had a younger brother that was into it, had all the figures, would watch it on TV. We actually went to a few events, so I, I can say I've seen Hulk Hogan wrestle up in uh, Auburn, the Palace of Auburn Hills in Detroit. Nice. So my experience with wrestling was never quite as a fan. I was just aware of it, you know, 
the golden age of the 80s. Sure. No one on the planet could not know about The Rock when he was wrestling. I mean, he made such a big splash. John Cena. You know, the, the stars usually came, at least to my attention. Yep. So what's your history of wrestling? So my history of wrestling goes all the way back years and years and years ago to the 80s when it was still considered uh, an athletic endeavor and not entertainment. (laughs) When they went by the guise of this stuff is real, you know. And so I I grew up in the late 70s, 80s watching wrestling. I'm, I'm a huge Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Weapon I mean, Ultimate Warrior. I mean, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, the British Bulldogs. I mean, I could go, I could go on. And Jake the Snake, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. I mean, all of those guys, those '80s iconic, Andre the Giant. Um, all those memories start flying. Jimmy Superfly Snooker. I mean, <laughs> so Hulkamania got a hold of you. Yes, I mean, even even at a young age, I just was totally the Iron Sheik. See, I start I start talking about wrestling, and all these names come back to me. Um, and my formidable years, my junior high and, and a lot of my high school time was watching wrestling, man. And uh, we loved it. We had a big screen. One of the few kids in our, uh, one of the few families in our neighborhood that had a big screen TV. And so all the kids would come over, and we'd ha- it would not be uncommon for has- us to have thirty people at our house watching a wrestling event and people going crazy and high-fiving and all this stuff, you know. And and I've often said the show at our house, if there had been a camera at the time, was as good as the event going on in the uh, <laughs> on the TV. So you may not have heard the other news about a wrestling movie. There's a Hulk Hogan movie coming. Yes, I have heard oh, about okay. it. Okay, and Chris Hemsworth is going to play him, which we're just going to have to wait to see how he looks. They're going to have to bleach out a mustache and... A skullet. I think that's the technical term for Hulk Hogan's hairstyle. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm. We'll just have to see the jury. I, I can't picture it, but I, I'll I need to picture, see him. I can't picture it either. But you know what? I'll probably go check it out. Now, I will say that as I grew older, I just kind of got out of wrestling, and so I, I'm not. I'm not from the Dwayne Johnson, John Cena, uh, Cena era. I'm not, you know, even though I've appreciated what they've done in the movies and stuff, and I, th- I think John Cena is, is going to be, has potential to be a pretty good actor, you know, the stuff I've seen him in. And, of course, everybody loves The Rock. I mean, come on, you know, come on now. So, But, yeah, that's my history. And so I went into this movie completely blind, no frame of reference, and, man, let's just get right into the review. Sounds good. Why don't... Should we let him listen in to just a little snapshot of it? Sure. Okay, here's a quick snapshot of our film. We'll be right back. This is the Film Coterie Podcast. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. Rock, rock, rock. We're huge fans. Thank you so much. We've been fans since you had hair. Oh, thank you. Hey, it's a choice. It's a <laughs> damn good one, too. See you guys. Rock, rock, rock. Yo. We're wrestlers as well, actually. We're actually doing the tryouts today. Oh, cool. What advice would you give us if if we want to... Win over the crowd. Win, win over the crowd. What are your names again? My name. Exactly. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting the rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. What you want, what you want. 
How about what The Rock wants? The Rock wants you to go out there, take no prisoners, have no regrets, have no fear, lay it all out on the line. Because if you don't do that, The Rock is going to find your friend, Mary Poppins. He's going to take her umbrella. Yeah, he's going to shine it up real nice. He's going to turn that something sideways and stick it straight up your candy asses. There's your advice. Straight out of the jabroni beating, pie eating, trail blazing, eyebrow raising, entertaining the globe, never hotter, talking to two rejects from Harry Potter. So that's how you went over the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Adam, that was just a little quick snap, a little listen in to fighting with my family. And um, man, throw this film out there. Let's talk about it. So this is the quote unquote true story of Paige's rise from daughter of a wrestling family to WWE royalty as she takes the title. And my first question is, why is a British guy directing this movie? Stephen Merchant, if you're familiar with The Office or any work of Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant's been a longtime partner of his, and he's the sole writing credit on this movie, and he's the sole director. So what in the world is a British guy doing directing a wrestling movie? Well, and the answer is, it deals with the British family and British culture and working class family. And, I mean, there's let's just I'm just going to come right out and say it. I love this movie. I flat out loved this movie. Um... And it, there's so many beats that it hits right about heartfelt moments, real people. These are not superstar celebrities. These are just normal, crazy, weird, kooky British families that are... It, w- it would be the same thing if you were in America. We have our weird, straight, strange, and crazy families. And guess what? There are families, you know? And uh, God bless them. They, you know, I mean, <laughs> just to kind of lay the... Just to kind of give you a feel for this... Um, you know, you have uh, um, Lena Hetty playing the mom in the most un-Lena Hetty role I have ever seen. If you're not familiar with that name, that's Queen Cersei from Game of Thrones. And then you have Nick Frost, who I love, playing Ricky Knight, her 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 husband, and he's a big old burly, you teddy know, bear. teddy bear with a with a tattooed up with a. Uh, uh, um, with a mohawk mo and and they're just lovey dovey and all over each other. I mean, it's just it's great just chemistry. You instantly great. buy that they're a couple. Immediately, you buy that they're a couple. Great chemistry. The family's really neat. Um, the 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 um, uh, uh, Florence Florence Pugh who pl- who played Paige, she got pulled into um, wrestling as a young girl not really wanting to and ended up falling in love with it and she's the one maybe that had the spark to to, to make it you know and that so, extra something whatever little, it is the, whatever the that little, yes that little x factor and just so many good stories just a little snapshot of this and i'll shut up and let adam talk for a minute is you know her older brother drives around and picks up all of the the strays, the young kids on the streets that everybody just kind of drives past. He picks them up, even even a young blind kid that sits in the swing set all the time, picks him up and they take him to their gym and they teach him all how to wrestle and he invests in their life and it and and you see the proof of it because it keeps the kids from getting into drugs and violence and and uh, uh, um, you know all, all kinds of bad stuff that young people could get in if they have nothing to do. So, yeah, I want to talk about Florence Pugh. The last time I saw her that I remember was Lady Macbeth, which is a damn good movie from a few years ago. And she jumps from that to a wrestling movie. It's kind of a surprise. Now, something that's been funny to me, whenever I see this preview come up, I've heard more than multiple times when people around me in the theater, they think it's Amelia Clark, And I think it's just because of the wig and the dark eyebrows. 
and we've all seen her as you know Daenerys. But no, it's Florence Pugh. She's good. I think this movie's gonna launch her to something higher. She really nails the role. I think she has to be an outsider. She's different with her family than she is with other people. I think she captures a lot of the nuance yeah. of what this character is. Yeah, she's got that. I'm strange. I'm goth. I'm different. I'm not going to, you know. And when it comes to the WWE, they even reference it in the movie. The women at that time, it was kind of the TNA league. Yeah. You know, they all wanted. They're all to, fitness models. They're all fitness models, and. Um, one of the things I like about this movie is that it shows how she ushered in a whole new type of female wrestler that could have personality, that could be different, that could appeal to those who feel like they're outcast and they don't belong. Um, she, she became their champion. And then there's a really sweet moment in the film where the other three girls who are trying out with her, uh, who you just kind of think they're the typical dancer, model, athlete, you know, super thin, tall, blonde, that they don't really have anything to offer. You even see, and I'm not going to give anything away, but they have a layer underneath them. Yeah, They're struggling as well, too, to try to make it. And then to see them come together, there's just so many great beats in this film that just hit and resonated with me. Uh, I think I laughed maybe more than I did with, with my movie I saw earlier in the week. Just was laughing and chuckling all the time. At great dialogue, great delivery. Um, I was really high on this movie. A really smart script. It doesn't make anything easy. You know, she goes to training camp, everything you have to work for. It didn't give her some special skill that made her above the rest of the girls. I think it gave an honest look at, at really working hard at something. Yeah. And feeling fr- and feeling pressure. You know, things aren't always going her way. Things are harder than she thought. She's thinking about giving up. It addresses all that. She's just not some perfect person that's going to go right through the training camp and become a wrestler. Yep. Uh, no, ab- absolutely. Um, I think one of the secret weapons of this movie, too, is Vince Vaughn. I was just getting ready to say that. Go ahead. So he plays the training coach, the talent scout. And this is a role that comes natural to him because he just has to be the smartass. Smartass with a heart, but smartass nonetheless. And, and Vince Vaughn can do this in any movie he's in, but he elevates this role that would just be to the side of the story to be a more important piece of it. He has this innate ability, Adam, to just rip these 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 athletes that are these these guys and girls that are trying to become wrestlers. Just de- not degrade them, but just pick on them. He's pushing them and testing them and pushing them. Yet the whole time he's doing it, you know that he really he's not a mean person. He's actually a genuinely very good person. You know, and. It's really hard to pull that off. He could have came off just as a, you know, as a jackass that nobody really liked. But he he's the one that pushes and gets him to start him or whatever. But he didn't. He's a really good guy, and even he has he has a story arc that develops. How many? So many of these characters in this film have a developing arc. They they they're they're different than when we see them from beginning to end. And uh, man, it just hit a lot of right notes for me. So, do you have to be a wrestling fan to like this movie? Oh, absolutely not. There's enough of a family drama, family comedy um, that's here. If you just like stories about families that are on the margin, on the margin of society, you're gonna you're gonna like this film. Absolutely. Well written, well made, well put together. I mean, I liked it too. I had a very enjoyable time in the theater. If I have any knock against this movie, the ending may feel a little rushed and unearned because it just kind of comes out of left field. And it may have really happened that way. I I don't know Paige's history, but 
that was my only knock is the the right, ending just right. feels tacked on. Yeah, I, I I think I would agree with you. You know, we don't know. D- does it? Would it hurt the movie if she? If if she knows what her destiny is going to become, and then we show the whole process of getting there, maybe it takes away from the movie, you know. Yeah. Um. But I tell you, I I don't think that this movie had these. This movie had. I I couldn't predict what was going to come next. Like I I didn't know. I mean, there's a scene where she goes she goes back home, and you don't know if she's ever going to continue to try to wrestle or do anything different, you know. And so. And I was right on board. I was like, well, will she or won't she, you know? Because she's so much, she loves her family, and she could have been really happy being a part of the family wrestling troupe, you know? I'll say this, too. It's worth sticking around during the credits because you see home video of the real family, and you realize that these characters are not cut that differently on the big screen versus the real-life no. counterparts. It is, it is uncanny. Even even Florence Pugh, she nails the the, the uh, uh, Soraya Knight the the real life the real life character she nails her I mean and all of them do really you know the uh, um, Lena Headley and Nick Frost the mom and dad of the film they just completely <laughs> they're uncanny <laughs> uncanny how much it looks like them you know and they even show you on purpose some of the same lines the Nick Frost character in real life Ricky Knight in real life telling a story of his background and how he met her is played almost word for word in the movie by by Nick Frost and Lena Headey perfectly. Yeah. They had again the chemistry between them was great. The chemistry between uh, Jack Loudon and Florence Pugh, Sarah and Zach Knight, brother and sister. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get into spoilers because I, you know, I want to talk about things that they did and said in the movie, but that's going to get into spoiler territory. But let me just say, they have a great chemistry. They really work well together. And you buy where they are in their story. Yes. Lines. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to f- big, big endorsement for me for um, fighting with my family. Um, it's right now one of the best films I've seen in 2019. It literally came out of nowhere and just nailed me. Um, the the only only thing I have against it, I would agree with you. I thought the ending was just kind of rushed. And it doesn't quite feel earned. It yes. Just, yeah. yeah. It, it's a little bit of a misstep there. Yep. But other than that, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, highly recommended. Good date night movie. Good movie to take your kids to. I think there's good messages in here. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, that's going to wrap it up with Fighting With My Family. We're going to take a quick break. Um, I actually got a chance to check out another film called The Upside. Um, Kevin Hart is in that. And uh, uh, why don't we listen to just a little bit of it, and then I'll come back and share my thoughts about it and see if Adam has any questions about the film. I'm going to grill you on this one. All right. You're listening to the Film Coterie Podcast. We will be right back. You need to prove you're looking for work. I've been looking. Trust me. Three signatures by tomorrow, or you can tell it to the judge. Tell me about a time when you worked hard to solve a problem. This morning, getting up. We're going to find you someone you like. Let me be your arms and your legs. I love that. All right. Penthouse. You need to wait your turn. Relax, it's not a hold up. Just sign this one, please. How would I sign it? I don't know. Slowly. <sighs> what, don't your arms work? They don't. You can move your mouth. As can you. I need assistance. How much does it pay? Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. It's my bad, my bad, man. 
You are not qualified for this position. The buckle, buckle! Have you ever changed a catheter? No. Pinch the head, insert. Mm. I can't feel it. Oh, well, I can. All right, we are back, and now we are going to talk about The Upside, the movie with Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. And Roger had a chance to check out this movie this week. I have not. So I will take on a role where I'm just going to grill him <laughs> about this movie, and he can tell us his thoughts. Sure. Well, I'll say initially that I, I, I would have never, I don't think, intentionally went and saw this movie. This would have been one I would have waited till it came out on uh, VOD and then just rented it for fun one evening. But I had two hours to kill, and sometimes when you have that time to kill like that, and you just go into a movie theater thinking, oh, you know, what the hell, I just got a couple of hours to kill, I'm just going to check something out, it kind of puts you in a right frame of mind to be a lot more receptive, maybe, to a film. Sure. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know, so that, that was, just so you know, for the record, that was my framing of mind when I went in to see The Upside. I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan. I mean, I like Jumanji, but I really... I'm not follow, don't follow his stand-up routines or anything, you know. And uh, I love Brian Cranston; I think he's excellent. But you know, he wouldn't drive me to the theater, you know. But the cast is great. Nicole Kidman. I mean, there's 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 some heavy hitters in this film. So, from what I gathered about the trailer, this is an odd couple comedy, where Brian Cranston's in a wheelchair, he's got some degenerative disease, and he needs a home health aide. Right. Yeah. That that Dude. really is. Telling you the movie, what happened in the movie, will not spoil it for you. Because, you know, the entire film is built around Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman plays Yvonne Pendleton, and she is his business personal assistant that kind of helps manage his affair. And, you know, and the story is Brian Cranston is a billionaire, you know, um, who had an accident hang gliding. And ended up uh, uh, paraplegic and has no feeling from the shoulders basically down. So he can't move anything? Can't move his hands, his feet. So a a very unique and probably challenging performance by him, but he just, I think he just really nailed it. Um, And um, and then Kevin Hart um, had had just gotten out of prison, was trying to find work. Um, And I'll say this, you know. It would be really easy. I'm going to say, first of all, I think Kevin Hart stole the movie for me. I thought he was the star of the show. He could have played this so stereotypical Eddie Murphy, 80s, I'm a black man with all my black stereotypes, and I'm going to be funny, but yet I'm edgy and all this. And he plays it really serious at times. And he, he, he plays it as a failed character that makes mistakes. When he first visits, he doesn't even know. He thinks he's going to interview for a cleaning job. Now, let me say this up front. This is based on a true story. Okay. Okay. And so when he first goes, he goes into this hotel thinking he's going to, you know, uh, try to. He's really just trying to get three signatures so his pro officer will get off his back. And it's his third stop. He thinks he's going in for a cleaning job, goes up to the penthouse, and... He's, he just takes a WTF attitude about the whole thing, don't really care, busts in. Finally, he's sick of waiting, busts into the room where, and you can tell everybody else is, got, is a licensed care person. You know, they've got it all put together. He's in ball cap, you know, jeans and a hoodie, and he just wants a signature, but there's something Brian Cranston chuckles and laughs, and he's um, he sees a spark in him. And... Uh, um, 
he offers him the job. Kevin Hart's like, no, I don't want it. I just want a signature. And he says, well, if you think about it tonight and come back tomorrow. Well, you know, Kevin Hart, he, 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 set, he has a wife and a son separated from them because of the situation with his life. But he sees a book on a bookshelf and just takes the book and sticks it in his backpack to take home and try to give to his son as a gift. You know, he's a he's a frail he's a a failed broken person. He's just grew up kind of the streets is all he's known. You know, there was I don't know there was just something really honest about his performance. He never went over the top with the comedy. He never he never had a Robin Williams minute where he just took over the whole scene ever. He just really. He reined it in. He was funny. Um, and so for me, I just was, I mean, I just was drawn to his character big time. I thought it was his, his performance was excellent. Brian Cranston is his sounding board and really is what makes Kevin Hart shine in this film because he's so solid. He's so in the moment. He's so real. He has his own demons. And, you know, even though they're not Kevin Hart's demons, they're still... You know, he still has his demons, you know, and uh, the stories are very heartfelt. They him, all three of them, uh, uh, Nicole Kidman, Brian Cranston, Kevin Hart, they all have stuff going on in their life that they have to work through and they all have an arc, you know, and uh, I just I, I just loved the film. I thought it really, really worked. Um, it's gotten some negative criticism some people think it's a little stereotypical of the African-American experience today. I can't speak to that. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I, because that's not my experience. I just know it really resonated with me. I was in an audience that was half or better African-American, and they ate it up. They loved it, you know. Um, I even heard a couple of them as as couple couple folks as were walking out of the theater. They were making comments saying, well, that was really good, wasn't it? I wasn't expecting that, you know. So does it go to some unexpected places? or I mean, when you take a movie like this, you have expectations. They're going to grow and learn from each other. There'll be something in the end of the second, third act that's going to put strife between them. I mean, is it pretty predictable okay. or does it, it it's stray? All the beats are there. You, sure. You, there's nothing unpredictable. I knew before, I knew by the end of the second act, there was going to be something that drove, they, they got along well too, too, way too well. You know something's going to drive them apart, you yeah. know? And the good news is, is that it did not have the Hollywood, let's fix everything, come back together, and you guys will be best friends forever, and he'll work for you forever. Kevin Hart has, his character, Dale Scott, has such a transformative experience doing this that he's a man who could not get a job before this. His experience and all all that uh, the character Philip Lacoste does is, he builds him up in his identity and he lifts him up and he tells him he's greater than he thinks he is. And he does have a gifting. And, um, you know, Kevin Hart's always telling him his ideas for the next hundred million dollar company. And, 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 and Cranston will shoot him down because he's a real life billionaire that knows what it takes, you know. And so he keeps shooting him down, shooting him down. But but when they finally break it off and, and there's there's a wedge that comes between them where they separate and leave, Kevin Hart goes and, and ends up working for a company that works on mobile wheelchairs, ends up becoming the manager, you know, that kind of runs the, you know, he, he, he makes it. He makes something of himself. And then Brian Cranston's character takes a huge emotional nosedive, just doesn't want to live, you know, mm -hmm. kind of thing. And 
they bring uh, Kevin Hart back to kind of see if they can do anything. Yvonne has left him. I mean, you know, Cranston's character takes a huge spiral as well. And so um, they bring them back together. But Kevin Hart is just, you know, his character, Dale Scott, is just a vehicle to bring Brian and, and someone else together to really make the movie work. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. And so, so, yeah. So I just loved the ending. I loved I loved the film. Um, you know, you get the scroll that say that Dell and Philip are still good friends to this day, you know, that kind of thing, you know? So, so, you know, um, I, I, I gotta say, I, I thought, I thought it was going to be my, my favorite comedy of the year until tonight, you know? So that's a good problem to have. (laughs) So I've had, I've had two great movies in, uh, you know, in, uh, in one week, which is great for me. So. Oh, sounds good. I mean, I'll probably check it out once it hits. VOD. I, I don't know if it's for everybody. Sure. I, I, you know, if you don't like lighthearted, feel-good kind of movies, this is going to try to, you know, it's not a Hallmark movie, but it's going to try, it's going to pluck at your heart heartstrings a little bit. And um, Kevin Hart's relationship with his um, his wife, who he separated from, and his young son um, is healed in some areas but not necessarily reconciled which i thought was honest and good you know um so there's there's some really great beats to this film um it just connected with me i think it's doing i looked at the critics ratings and it's about 50 or 60 percent but the audience ratings are nearly 90 percent so it's it's resonating with somebody and these type of movies never typically do well with critics which is surprising because fighting with my family is over 90 percent on rotten tomatoes and I think it's going to have a very good audience score, too. Now, I will say this. Comparing the two movies, Fighting With My Family is just a well-crafted piece of art. It's a great movie. Crowd-pleaser, too. And a crowd-pleaser. Yeah. It, ta- it takes a a pop culture, iconic, uh, model, you know, professional wrestling, which seems very superficial, and it, it turns it into a well-crafted piece of art with a lot of heart to it, you know? Um, the Upside, um, I would say, takes a conventional path for this kind of feel-good comedy restoration kind of story. Uh, doesn't have any really unpredictable beats. but surpri- It maybe feels a little bit more studio-manufactured. Maybe a little bit more, but yet at the same time, really does a great job of... They cast it well. There's good chemistry between everybody that's involved. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to recommend The Upside. Uh, it, it, I mean, if you want to wait till VOD, it's not going to be a big deal because there's nothing you need to see on the big screen. And it's about to leave theaters anyway, too, I think. Yeah, so, but I think it'd be great for you to catch on, uh, yeah, on VOD. So, anyway, that's going to wrap it up for both of our features. Why don't we take a real quick break? We'll come back and talk about our coming attractions, what we have coming in the next couple of weeks. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, you're listening to the Film Coterie. We'll be right back. Right, and we're back, and in our coming attraction segment, Adam, I got one film I want to talk about. What is that film? Captain Marvel. Very near future for us. Two weeks away for us, I think. Maybe a little bit shorter, maybe a little longer. But anyway, just a couple weeks out. It's Captain Marvel. 
Oh, my. Okay, now, I did see Ant-Man and the Wasp, but this is the first connective tissue to the Avengers, right? It'll be a prequel because it takes place in the 90s. That's but that doesn't mean there won't be connective tissue. Of course. It's the MCU. Everything fits together. So, I'm stoked about this movie, man. Yeah. I'm, I've not seen... I saw one tiny little like teaser trailer in the fall. And so I've been trailer free for this movie. I haven't seen any more of the trailers. No, I don't know anything about her, her story. All I, the only thing I know is simply we're going back to the nineties and Nick Fury is going to travel back in time or we'll see a young Nick Fury yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to see young Nick, Fury. something, something both cr- eyes. Yeah. With both eyes, Nick Fury with both eyes, I'm guessing we're going to see the creation or the the solidification of like shield in the modern version as we know it, you know. Other than that, man, what 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 gets you stoked up to see this movie, Adam? Well, first of all, they they did screen it this week out in LA. Uh, a lot of the press saw it. There was no embargo, at least on social media. I don't think they can do their written reviews yet. Very positive buzz. They liked it. It's weird. It's a lot more cosmic. I think is what they're telling us than what we may be kinda, suspecting. Kind of Doctor Strangish. Yeah, I, it has this weird angle, and we're gonna see more of the Kree. We're gonna see some Skrull, which are popular among the fans, the shapeshifters. If you've seen her punching the old lady on the train, I have no idea what Skrull or Crawl are, Adam. <laughs> I, don't tell me either. I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. So yeah, uh, Buzz is very good. Um, I saw one of the. Female critics say Thanos is going to get his ass kicked now. Captain Marvel's pretty powerful. So. Okay. Wow. That's high praise. Well, I'm very excited. Next week I'll be in Florida traveling and doing some work and uh, will not be able to podcast. But So I think our next podcast will be Captain Marvel. So I'm pretty stoked about that. And we'll probably do a spoiler cast. Yeah. Yeah. If we don't. <coughs> we're either going to do one segment where we review it and then the next segment where we completely spoil it or do a whole separate spoiler cast. One of the yeah, two. it's always fun with these movies to dig in and, and really talk about the film from start to finish without worry about spoiler yep. territory. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Uh, for those wanting to find us on the social medias, Adam, how can they find us out on the interwebs? We're on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com backslash filmcoder, you'll see our page. Like us, follow us there. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, and everything else. Same handle on everything. It's at Film Coterie. So join the millions. Dozens and dozens. That are with us at the Film Coterie. Become part of our coterie of film fanatics. That's going to do it for this week, and we'll see you next time. 